0: Someone asked me recently, what is the coolest part of my job as CEO at Motive Marketing? I said, well, that's easy. The fact that every day I get to dig into our clients' businesses to learn not only what makes it tick, but what we can do as their partner to deliver the marketing that truly matters to their business. It's like being in a living, breathing case study every day. And for that, I am truly blessed. Hello, Collegians YYC listeners. This was an overwhelming sense of pride that I wanted to share with you that the marketing agency that I had the pleasure of co-founding and leading is turning 15 years old. Yes, ClearMotive Marketing is 15. I want to shout out a huge thank you to all of our clients, past and present, as well as our vendors and all of the incredible team members we've worked with over the years to make this milestone possible. Check us out at clearmotive.ca to learn more about what we can do that matters to you. Hello and Awarm Collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Mr. Matt Four. How are you, Matt? I'm great, Tyler. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. You're the President and Chief Executive Officer at Trimac Transportation. So if you live in Calgary, maybe Canada, you probably have an idea who Trimac is. But in case you don't, let's give everybody a quick chance. Jump in the elevator. Give us the 30 second. What's Trimac all about? What do you do? What problem do you solve in the world? And let's go from there. Mm
1: Well, uh, we're a, a transportation co- uh, company based in in Calgary. We've um, we uh, originally originally from uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, moved uh, in Calgary in the '60s, and been here ever since. We've grown uh, tremendously over the last uh, seventy eight years, and we're now almost to four thousand employees.
0: Wow! How many trucks on the road? Uh,
1: over twenty five hundred at this point.
0: Wow. That is a logist, which we're going to get into the operations and the logistics of, of like that. And is there a primary, uh, material that you that you transport or at that point is it everything from A to B mm-hmm.
1: no you we we specialize in the bulk so bulk is a uh, uh, large uh heavy commodities and uh, when you think about bulk you can think about liquid you can think about a dry bulk and uh, in essence we're the package so we take uh, commodities oh. which is mainly commodities so that could be cement that could be uh, crude that could be petroleum that could be all sorts of energy chemicals for example and uh, we bring it from point A to point B
0: I love it. We are the package. That, that was, Well done. I was like, oh, nice. I got that. I like that. It took a second for my brain to catch it. Um, so in your business, a million variables. We're going to kind of get into transformation and evolution and all the things you go through. But when you look at your business, is it employees? Is it safety? Is it equipment? Is it uh, kind of what, what are some of the real pillars that, you know, at, a, at any business over time, they realize very quickly without this, the whole thing breaks down. I'm assuming safety is a huge component. I can only imagine staffing is a challenge. What are some of those real pillars? Of your business specifically, that are the make or breaks.
1: Well, for for seven eight years uh, now, we've had the motto of service with safety, mm. and our core value is uh, starts with safety. Everything starts with safety. It's a so- social license to operate uh, everywhere we go, and we we operate throughout North America. Um, so without being safe, uh, we 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 can't continue. So it's it, it, that's everything we do is about safety, and then very. Quickly comes next the service. We're a service company. Uh, we uh, we have a lot of. Uh, equipment, but uh, basically it's a people business uh, to your point earlier, right? We, uh, we need a driver, we need a mechanic and uh, we need uh, a transloader. We need the uh, uh, support staff and so on. So it's a, it's a people business. That's why it's so people intensive. Uh, we have, we have a lot of people in our business and uh, like many, many, many businesses uh, in North America, the last few years, uh, um, people has been an issue with a lot of labor shortage, but more specifically in our industry, uh, uh, you know, I've been in the business styler for over thirty years, and mm-hmm. when I started in this business, we were talking about driver shortage.
0: Wow. Okay. So
1: it's okay. not a new issue.
0: I know <laughs> everything that's everything that's old is new again, kind of kind right. of thing. I can only imagine. You said social license to operate. Uh, we think about bulk transport. We think about the rail industry. We think about even the pipeline industry for for again different, but still we're we're transporting bulk uh, commodities from place to place. Uh, has there been a has has your industry been scrutinized from that perspective? Like I, you don't hear a lot. Every once in a while, you hear. Unfortunately, there's an incident with a truck who, that it's involved in, a, in an accident where people where lives are lost. Aside from that, I don't always necessarily hear as much around the social license to operate in reference to the trucking and transportation side of things. So I'm going a little bit off on a, on a tangent, but you know the rail industry is getting getting kind of attacked at different times, and certainly we know the, how the pipeline industry has been certainly called out the last bunch of years for safety and and things like that. Curious where the trucking industry fits into that, which will lead into our conversation on how this industry is evolving. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, uh, I think I, I think safety overall, as I mentioned, for all sorts of transportation is is the prime. Um, like we cannot operate if we're not safe. And what the the industry has done well, and regulatory uh, bodies have done well, is weed out those that are not safe. And our customers, uh, uh, this is what they do. So our customers are not going to allow us to transport their material if we're not safe. So what you're seeing is uh, an evolution over the last few years and over the last decades where the safety has really, really risen up into uh, the whole industry, specifically in trucking, but also in rail, also in, in other uh, uh, in other uh, part segments of the industry and uh it 's safer and safer and what added to that is the amount of technology now that you have for example in a in a truck that helps the driver being more safe increasingly uh, safe uh, where uh, you know the the technology that is into the new vehicles right now the the new passenger vehicles has been uh, has been in the truck. Uh, industry for a few years here, and we're mm-hmm, seeing a difference. Right. So, so uh, I, you know, our goal is always uh, to avoid any incidents. Unfortunately we are on the road with a lot of other vehicle at all times and uh, and collisions happens, accidents happens. What we want to do is reduce the severity. So we want to be, we, t- we mm. are teaching um, uh, to all our drivers, defensive drivings. We're t- teaching all our drivers to be always on the lookout so that they can um, avoid potential incidents that are coming in.
0: Mm, I appreciate I appreciate that. And I I, I grew up a little bit in an industrial and there was a lot of time where safety wasn't cool. It was almost looked down upon to wear ear protection, right? Like it was ridiculous, but that was a culture that permeated a lot of, you know, I don't want to say more industrialized industries. And there was a little bit of this macho thing. I'm glad that went away because why, why would you not do everything you can to get your people and the world you work in safe at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about technology because I've had a lot of people on, I'm going to pick on the construction sector. So separate from you and IT, today but oh my god so slow to change we've been doing it the same way for 50 years the trucking industry has been around for as for as long period of time talk to me a little bit about technology and and how it's impacting that you know obviously a little bit about trimac and how you guys are dealing with it but as an industry has it been quick to bring on technology has it been slow where does it fit if we were going to just rank it against a bunch of other maybe traditional sectors
1: Mm, uh, you know i'm in the industry i've been in the industry all my life um I don't know exactly what others industries have done, but yeah. what I can tell you is we're we're behind. We've been slow to adapt. And uh, let me give you just a, a, an example. Uh, I use I use this example on my team, on my customers all the time. And, and as an industry, um, we've been slow to adapt. Say say I, I wanted to leave here at the office today, and I wanted to go to the airport. Uh, and uh, assuming that uh, I'm going to bring you back here to 2007 pre. Okay. Pre-smartphone. How would I get to the airport? Well, if I'm a visitor here, I would need to first get the phone number of the cab company and uh, I would have to ask somebody that and then I would (laughs) go and dial on my regular phone on my office or or in the office or if I'm lucky on the flip phone or the Pebble phone, whatever we had, (laughs) the Razor phone back in in the day. day, uh, The the the
0: Motorola flip phone we all had? Yeah.
1: That's right. So I call the cab number, cab, uh, cab company number. I get into uh, a person that answers me somewhere in, I'm assuming a dispatch office in the city here. And, uh, you know, I can hear the background noise. There's lots of other dispatchers in that office. And uh, I give them the information. Please pick me up at Trimac today. And, uh, you know, I need to go to the airport, hang up. Then what do I need to do? I need to go on the street because the cab may be there in 10 seconds or maybe in 10 minutes or, yeah. and then the cab doesn't or, show or, up. Or, in,
0: not, at yeah, or, or not, not at all. Or the, not the at all. The cab
1: doesn't show up in 15 minutes. What do I do? I call back, right? I call back and then I speak maybe to another person and say, hey, I'm, it's Matt. I'm, I'm at Tramac. I'm looking for a cab. Yeah, I just spoke with the driver. Driver's on his way. And, uh, you know, then I see a cab. Right away, I flag it and I assume it's mine, right? I get in the cab hmm. and then um, what, do I, what do I do? The, the driver doesn't know where I'm going. Uh, tell him or her, I'm going to the airport. Well, if I'm going to the airport, I'm probably going to get the scenic route. If I'm lucky, the driver is going to put the, the the meter on and then I'm going to get to the airport. And at this time at the airport, uh, I need to pay for the fare. Uh, if there's no meter, it's going to be an argument. And then I'm going to try to pay with my corporate credit card and they're going to tell me, um, the machine, you know, the, either the machine or the carbon copy machine doesn't work.
0: Of course. Uh,
1: and, and so on. So it's, uh, it's it really hurting is, me,
0: Matt, because I think we've all had this experience <laughs> if it's, we're old enough, if we're old enough,
1: if we're old enough, it's, uh, it's a hard experience, right? It's not yeah. a, a positive experience to go on. But it was, like but
0: it was our only option in 2007.
1: <laughs> That's right. Today, the option is you open your phone, there's an app, you can see, uh, you can order, you know, right away. Uh, the type of service you want to, you want to have, you order the, 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 the service you want to have, you know, exactly which driver is going to come, when they're going to come with the rating of the driver. You can ask the driver not to put music. You can ask a driver, you, all these functions, you know, which route you're going to you're going to go, you know, when you're going to get there. And when you leave, you just thank you very much. And you just leave, right? That's a simple, simple transaction. I call it frictionless transaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now you want to move product from point A to point B in 2023 <laughs> in the a, in the trucking industry. I have, the a, I have industry. a feeling
0: where this story is going. <laughs> That's
1: exactly right, Tyler. Yeah, so I mean. my point is we've been slow to adapt and I don't think it's sustainable. I think we need to change. I think we need we may not need to be exactly like the the B2C experience that I just I just uh, mm-hmm. uh, described, uh, but we certainly need to remove the friction, we certainly need to be to make the experience better and to have a better user experience overall for both the driver and the customer.
0: So curious. Thinking, using the well, we'll just use the Uber example. Like, there, who, who, who needs to facilitate that? Is it the customer driving it? Is it companies like yourself driving it? Because so many industries are very invested in this is the way we've done it. We have systems this way. We have spreadsheets. We have binders that we fill out. And when you pick up, and I picked up a shipment from of maple syrup from Quebec from my cousin the other day over at a delivery spot, and they literally had the three tier carbon copy pulled one out of the middle, got me to just scribble my signature on it, like. <laughs> the accuracy, or like I got what I needed, so I couldn't complain. But it was ni- it was 1987, maybe I don't think it was even 2007. Right. right. <laughs> so whose responsibility is it at a at a macro level to drive that kind of change? Is it, to say everyone's responsibility is tough because then no one does it, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Correct. What I've learned, uh, Tyler, by trial and error, is that it's a team sport. Like innovation <laughs> is a team sport, and what I mean is, it, if we were even to bring, call it the Uber experience. Some of our customers would say, I don't want to log in into the, 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 the app, Yeah, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so on. So it's really a team saying, we need to work on this together. Here are all the friction point. Here are all the bottlenecks. Which one are you the most frustrated about? Which one is the biggest rock in your shoe? And then we start and, and address this one together.
0: Is it a collaborative industry or is it slightly adversarial? Again, I'm thinking back, friends I knew that were brokers and like, it was always yelling and negotiating and threats and friction. And it, it felt, it didn't feel collaborative in my view of the trucking industry years ago in my very limited perspective.
1: I think um, when you add in brokers and, and carriers, it's it's very competitive. It's a very yeah. fragmented industry. So it is, but when you bring uh, customers like at Tramac, uh, we we have customers that have been with us for 50, 60, 70 years, yeah. uh, so you, uh, the relationship have, you, you is at a track, different level. Track yeah, That's yeah. right. And we, we don't necessarily go on the spot market a lot. We, we have long established relationships and those are deep. So and different. therefore, the way we see things and the way more customers have seen things is the more we invest in working better together, it's a win-win.
0: Uh, okay. So you're already setting the stage for a different because of your relationship and your track record is just a longstanding organization. Right. Hey customer, we're trying a way that we think will make it better for you. Absolutely. Matt, what are you doing? I'm very interested in that. It's hard to say no to a phone call like that. That's so right. talk to me a little bit. Let's go inside the, let's go inside the walls a little bit. Let's, let's get our let's peer inside the tent at Trimac. What's the digital transformation? And I know that's a really broad buzz term, but what's that been looking like for your organization? And give us a, give, me a, give me a little bit of wherever you feel comfortable, the playbook of what's been happening inside your uh, trimap.
1: Well, the the genesis of all of this is uh, we're an, an old industry, as you mentioned. We're a, a 78-year-old company. Mm-hmm. And when we started on this journey, it uh, was right after COVID uh, 2021. And the, the issue that we had was, um, as you mentioned earlier, we had a lot of paper. We had a lot of manual tasks in our business, and um, the the, the business is moving forward, and we were struggling to meet our customers' ever-increasing requirements and demands for data. Everybody wants the data right now. And in a large organization like ours, where we have 170 locations across North America, thousands of employees, we need to be able to have the visibility now to provide this to our customers, and you can't not do that if everything is paper and, and they want everything it, and they is want manual, it now and they, and they want it want now, it now. Yeah. so that really is that it's the the genesis of hmm. the um what we why we needed to do so we, we call it we embarked on a on a digital transformation and we we use the three pillars the people process and technology the people we needed a, a culture shift stop doing things manually Think of how we can be more efficient. Think of how we can provide a better service. How do we provide you the information when you need it at the time you need it in order to make the better decision? Mm-hmm. Processes we needed to go paperless. We needed to digitalize all of our um, all of our operations. Um, remove all the paper so that we can have the data immediately into uh, throughout the company. And finally, technology. We had systems, but systems that were not necessarily um, up, to, up to date. Uh, um, they were functional, they, they were reliable, but they were not give us the information we need. So we need to modernize the technology. And our goal here um, that we stated in, 2020, in 2021 was to be the safest, most efficient bulk trucking company in North America. Hmm. How are we going to do that? We're going to focus on the customer experience. What we want to do is improve the external and internal customer experience. Uh, and uh, a big caveat, uh, caveat uh, however, uh, is that we are not a software business. We're not a, a shop. So that is not our core business. That is not our expertise. We are not going to build a software. That's not what we want to do. So we went out to say, so we're going to buy So you didn't software. fall
0: down that trap. You didn't fall in that, into, that, uh, into that pit. That's <laughs> There's it. There's many companies. And I find sometimes larger companies, well, we're good at stuff and we're big and we do when we do things, they sometimes can get tricked into thinking that they can do it better. And I'm, that's a broad statement because maybe it works out. But I've talked to a lot more companies that had a real sunk cost dilemma on their hands where they had to walk away from a significant investments in technologies that they probably shouldn't have endeavored on in the first place. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We're really good, Tyler, of safely delivering products for our <laughs> customers Okay, and products that improve people's life. That's, our, that's our, our purpose, safely deliver products that improve people's life. We're really good at that. We're not really good at building software. We don't have any <laughs> expertise. So we're going to rely on other people. So, so we started with that. We had no problem getting our team excited about the whole vision, right? The, the, okay. the, 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 what call it the transformation we're going to transform. We're going to make everyone's life a lot easier by improving the user experience. It's the, how that was challenging, right? So we, we started with a vision and we created the vision and we put the vision on a one pager, basically. On one page, this is what we want to do. By 2025, this is where we're going to be. This is how we're going to measure success. And then we created a roadmap and then um, built a transformation team. So basically, we took six leaders throughout the organization, call them subject matter experts, Mm -hmm. um, call them the, 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 um, uh, the ones that were the best in their field throughout the organization. We told them, this is your new job come in. Well, first we posted, we asked them to apply. Oh, Basically cool. we okay. built a team that was a hundred percent dedicated to the transformation of this. Of to, be, to
0: clarify, this wasn't something they were doing on top of their normal job.
1: It's It was absolutely not. So they okay. had to let go of the day-to-day and now they were part of, they, they were expert in the processes and the people and how things really worked at the front line. Yeah, And we told them you're coming in and we're going to transform how we're Doing and this. we're
0: going to take all that years of experience out of your head and turn it into an automated approach using technology. Oh, okay, I, I really appreciate because so often it becomes a corner of your desk task and it right. fa- it can fail just because of that because it requires more. Mm-hmm.
1: That's it, and and it was not a priority for them. That's the only thing. So basically, they have the we thought they have the credibility, they have the knowledge, they have the willingness, and they're somebody and they're people that want to improve the company. That's, that's the awesome. most important part, right? They 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 have the willingness to just say, quo is not good enough."
0: Hmm. Geographically, were those leaders spread out across your like? Were they represented across your kind of 170 locations?
1: Absolutely, they were. Okay. So so we had uh, some in the, in the northeast Canada, northeast U.S., some in the U.S. South, some in Western Canada, all over, and that's that's that was the basis of having a deep representation uh, throughout the organization. So we put a leader uh, to to lead them, but all this took some time, as you can imagine, to yeah. just start this. So we we had four to six months, if you want to mobilize and get going. So by now we're mid 2021. And then the the when we first sat, sat down, we said, we wanna push all three pillars at the same time. We wanna push technology, we wanna push people, we wanna push process, we wanna push them all at the same time, that was planned in terms of the roadmap. And then we got out of the gate and we started talking to anyone who wanted to talk to us. So change management experts, process experts, a lot of technology companies, we just went out and covered all, uh, in, in all intended purposes, the waterfront. Who does what, uh, what do they do? How much does it cost and so on so that we put the whole uh, system together. And it turns out that the tech, uh a com- the techs com- company really had great solutions for us um they 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 the pitch were great uh the pitch were we're, uh, uh, were, we're going to fix this we have the 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 secret um the, the secret product here that uh, uh can fix this and therefore we listened and we started taking risk and we started uh some time assessing their products, what we decided to do was to assess against criterias and then start uh, piloting uh, in small location in a control environment, if you want. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then after the pilot, some of them were uh, positive, some of them were negative. So the positive ones, we committed to them and started moving forward. So by the end of 2021, we had 12 projects going at the same time. And as you can imagine, some of them were moving faster, some of them were moving uh, slower, some of them were hitting walls, some of them were just running faster. So um, very quickly, uh, um, we closed some and then started others, right? We wanted to move fast. The idea here was to fail fast, move fast, right? We hear that all the time. But then after 12 months, call it uh, early 2022, Two, we realized that uh, we were so behind on some projects and so far ahead on other projects that uh, we'd never catch up on the old projects and the old pro- the, the first projects that we had were foundational. Like you, you, there's so many in there, interdependencies on these that we needed to finish. So we had to a, a certain point stop some or pause some to go back to the original 12 and finish the foundational because some of them were struggling. Some of them we had to make trade off. Some of them were that almost not, not working. So at this point in time, we had to make some kind of, of, of decisions here. So, um, the first learning that we got through all of this is, um, start with the outcome you want, not the project you want, the outcome you (laughs) want to achieve and be flexible on how you get there
0: from a technology partner perspective thinking about who you brought on board and kind of going with i don't want to say technology first because you were pushing all three forward but it sounded like the the shininess of the technology definitely played a played a factor was that part of the conversation with the team that you were bringing on to do implementation and not to think good or bad of them but just really trying to think about because it's hard for an outsider to understand your outcome completely. We can say we do, and even as a marketing company, like, oh, I know where you want to get to, but oftentimes there's nuance that's missed. If you went back to that and looked at those early stages, was that also just a little bit of a a a of of maybe a, a misalignment between the technology partner and really understanding the outcome? And then the same for Trimac really being able to say, oh, okay, this is exactly what this is going to do for us versus like, oh, we're actually really quite excited about this. Mm, it'll do, maybe this. That's <laughs> right. It's a very that was a very abstract way to ask that question. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs>
1: well, no, I think I think it's you touched on a, a good point here. Is uh, um, there was a disconnect between what we were buying and what the expectations were on our side, right? Okay. We've been yeah. we've been pitched this is what it this is what it can do, and we had an understanding that says in our company this is the outcome that it's gonna is gonna happen, and and that was there was a, definitely a disconnect there. Okay. And and what what even more came in is. In a system like ours, where you have so many systems, so many IT systems or technology systems, and and uh, as you uh, are deploying new ones, the interdependencies between the network um, are complex, and legacy yeah. operating systems have a complex interdependencies. That's the second lesson, because <laughs> as soon as we started deploying additional systems and new systems, we spent all our time working on apis. We were not developing necessarily new processes or new technology. All we were doing was reconnecting systems
0: trying to get everybody to talk to each other that's from a it technology because that's the
1: value right that's the value that that yeah. that you're getting is all the systems need to talk you don't you do not want to add a human bringing data from one system to the other. So they need to talk. But as soon as one is getting an upgrade, as soon as you get either, uh, um, as you don't take necessarily the system out of the box and you're getting an upgrade, then you have to reconnect all the time. So it became very, very cumbersome. And not only that, the cost just went through the roof at this point in time, because you spent a lot of time just connecting systems.
0: That's kind of the risk I've had. I've had some conversations recently about like back to your earlier comment about our customers want data. They want data in they want insights from their data. They don't just want the data. They want the, in, the data insights quickly but when one of the goals is to going paperless you can sometimes miss one of those for the other oh this is now digitized but it's not giving us any more data any faster or any better access because it's not interconnected and i've i've talking to someone yesterday about you know kind of phase 1 of digital transformation was the paperless journey but then everyone quickly realized like oh wow okay yeah it's sure as digital But it's not giving us the insights any faster or any better. It's just now not in, you know, not even paperless, but sometimes just it's moved out of Excel. (laughs) But it still hasn't allowed us to get that kind of the insight level yet. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the outcome conversation we have, right? Are you just checking the box, as you said, you are going to digitalize, or are you extracting the data, which is the outcome? Yeah. Right. So we moved away from just going through the list of things we needed to do and focused on what are we really trying to achieve and what's the value we're getting of all this investment in time, people, process, technology.
0: At that point, was that, you you have the team of six with the leader and the group that's dedicated to that. Your involvement, I'm just picking on you because I'm chatting with you, but that senior executive level, how much, how closely collaborative were those conversations? Was it the digital transformation team went off and worked on it or was there a pretty tight, Connection between the leadership and your vision and what they were executing on.
1: Mm. Very tight. I'm accountable for the strategy at the end of the day. So okay. <laughs> uh, I uh, very very tight. I was, uh, you know, I've been in, uh, in management for a long time, but I've never been in a transformation like this, in a digital transformation. Mm, okay. There's no playbook. i i was <laughs> trying to I was trying to get as much uh, information. I was talking to as many people as I could, and you know, there's different experiences and so on. You know, at the end of the day, there's only one Tramac with 78 years of legacy <laughs> systems and so on. Uh, uh, there's only one. So picking on, So we were t- doing a lot of trial and error. And, and the idea here was uh, uh, try, take risk, uh, make some mistakes uh, and learn. That, that, was, that was what we we're trying to do. And I was fully involved in that
0: curious at the at the board level did you have i'm assuming yes but did you have full support on because sometimes trial and error sounds great but you still have to have support of everyone around you when you're in a large organization you're held accountable at a higher level as well i'm assuming there was also full support at kind of the board level for that trial and error and the time and money that it's going to take to figure this thing out
1: we're blessed at trimac we really have some uh uh, very very wise and astute and and Hmm. uh and, and leaders, right, they've led companies as well, and they understand that not everything goes according to plan. <laughs> and, uh, and when we started this, we all looked at each other and said, transformation is hard. Transformation is hard. Um, you know, let's mitigate the risk, but let's take some risk because otherwise we're going to be here five years from now. We need to continue to move forward. And, and, and that means we're going to make some mistakes. Let's make sure none of them are fatal.
0: Yeah. The five years is passing no matter what, right? So what we do with it is up to us. Talk to me a little bit about the people. So the project's going forward. There's a lot of excitement. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, geez, that's not going the way we want. Or, oh, geez, maybe we didn't. People can get discouraged because something like this can be very exciting and, and maybe a bit overwhelming in the early days, but it can really burn people. It can really pull draw your draw your energy down when it's not going according to plan. Talk to me about maybe, and maybe the people, the people bucket is even bigger than that, but how did you manage that process with everybody just staying engaged, staying motivated, and in the Face of failure slash learning.
1: <laughs> well, I, I love this quote, and I'm not sure who who said it, but everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change them themselves.
0: <laughs> I don't know who said that, but I love that quote as well because that's 100 accurate.
1: <laughs> and uh, and we started with this, and everyone <laughs> in the company was so excited about the transformation, but nobody thought it would be them having <laughs> to to change, right? So and and there's no way around. there's no way that a team of ten call it. Can change four thousand. Like it needs to come from everyone. Yeah. So uh, the, the the rubber really mm-hmm. hit the road when uh, we saw that there was uh, a fairly low um, user adoption. Okay. And uh, it, it w- one of the learning is you know even if everything is easy it doesn't mean that I'm gonna I'm gonna go the easy route because I'm comfortable. And what we found was that our users um, saw the 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 new process or the new technology as risky whereas the current process that they knew but that was more cumbersome and very manual they trusted it they trusted it and they knew that it worked and it's self-preservation <laughs> i know this works whereas if i do this then it might fail and then i'm going to be in you know, the trouble. Well, it's the old in joke.
0: Trouble. Nobody gets fired for doing it the way we've always done it, but you might get in trouble for doing it the new way, even if that's true or not. It's a feeling.
1: <laughs> that's it. So I call it nah, the, the, yeah. the old behavior were uh, critical to their own success. Of
0: course.
1: So, so we need to establish the trust here. And then, um, hmm. in the many ways, leadership, that's me and, and our team, um, We're talking about digital transformation all the time. We're talking about this is what we're doing. This is the new project. This is exciting and so on. But at the front line, they were still spending all their time manually entering data.
0: Just being busy because they're busy. Just being busy busy. and so on.
1: So there was this gap in, in experience where some in our company were working on the newest shiny process or technology but the vast majority of the company was working on the old technology manual so there was this gap in experience and obviously it was creating trust issue you're telling me we're changing you're telling me you're bringing all this technology it's not affecting me
0: yeah right not not all of us get excited about change
1: (laughs) not all of us so how do you get people and excited well you 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 change the incentives and that's one of the things okay. we, we didn't change, uh, we, we were saying, hey, listen, at the end of the day, we still need to run the business. We still need to deliver, safely deliver product from point A to point B. Yeah. Uh, so the we haven't changed the incentive. So basically there was no incentive to change the behavior and there was no disincentive to resist the behavior. No consequence for just saying, you know, I, I don't want to do that. And a lot of our folks saw um, the change in technology and processes as, well, you're not going to need me anymore if there's no course. manual steps, if everybody's talking to each other. So yeah. we had to face um, a lot of pushback from our team. But um, in essence, we are doing everything the same way we are doing before. We were just talking a lot about technology and transformation. And uh, we were not necessarily changing the, the systems, the environment. So so we knew we needed to do something different. So um, what we decided to do and what we realized is that we had unwillingly or unknowingly prioritized the technology part out of the people, process, and technology, because that was the easiest one. It, basically, I only had to do it was to sign a check, and I could have this new shiny toy, and then we could just implement it, and that would solve all our people and process. We were told, you know, the people, this is so much easier. People are just going to use it because it's so much easier, and you don't need to redo your processes because the technology is going to fix that. And what we learned is no amount of great technology is going to fix bad processes. Right. So, so what we had, we had it wrong. We had it upside down. We needed to start with the people side, then the processes and finally layer technology in that order. Hmm.
0: So how, cause we're getting close to real time here. You're like, that was 2022. We're only in halfway through 2023. So I appreciate how real and how recent this is. How did you make that pivot at that point of like, we're going to push all three forward. We've realized now we went forward with technology. We've, we learned. Again, kudos. We're transparent. We admit that we learned. We go back. What was some of the tactical side? Because I know people listening are like, okay, so what did you do now? Because sometimes going back and starting over is its own it's its own beast. <laughs> and, and you don't want
1: to lose traction. And you don't yeah. want to say, you know what, we, we, we're, not, we're stopping this transformation. We got it wrong. At the end of the day, we, we, like I mentioned, this is new to us. This is new to, to our company. This is new to our leadership. So we pivoted. Uh, we pivoted and we fess up and we came to our team and say guys uh, we got it wrong we we thought we would uh, uh, we would fix it quickly but this is going to be uh, uh, longer than we expected um, it's gonna take the whole uh five years so to 2025 and um, what we um, what we understood is that it needs to start with us it needs to start with you so basically, uh, we need to start on the people side. So what we've done is uh, uh, we uh, we went and hired um, a, a change management consultant, okay. but more on the culture side. And it's led by our, our leader of people and culture here. And um, we're focusing on, it, on um, improving the culture. The culture is not necessarily the issue. We have a, a great culture, but it's all about, having a culture that is thinking digital first. I'm seeing an issue. You you were
0: were kind of adding a piece to your culture, not saying, oh, our culture is broken. It worked fine with a certain way of working, but we're introducing kind of this new variable to the situation. I like that to saying that there's actually nothing wrong with our culture. It was just kind of missing this piece because that was never our priority before. Mm
1: -hmm. That's it. And Mm, we never never necessarily have the opportunity before to say, I've got an issue. Instead of throwing more hands or more people at it, is there a better way? Why don't we take a step back and look at it and fix the systemic issue. I, 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 I call it, why don't we stop and go upstream? Hmm. Go upstream and figure out where the issue was that caused the situation yeah, to happen Where did happen the water downstream? start
0: to get dirty? Where did it that's start it, happening? That's Let's exactly go there. Right? Let's <laughs> if go if there. You filter it downstream, you never catch up.
1: <laughs> and that's a change of paradigm for all of us that have been working really hard fi- firefighting every day <laughs> and not really taking a step back on, wait a minute, who started the fire? Let's just, <laughs> let's just take a step back as opposed to, uh, uh, as opposed to just fight. I've, I've read a great story that is uh, you and I are walking on the, on the side of a river, and then we hear somebody who is in distress in the middle of the river. You, know, you and I are, uh, don't even think about it. We just jump in the river. We save the person, bring him back to the shore, and ask if everything's okay. And as we are making sure that the person is still breathing, we turn around, and guess what? There's another person in the water. So we don't even think about it. We both jump back in, save the person. But at that point in time, we're tired. We're exhausted. And we're just now we have two. Are you guys okay? And guess what? There's a third one. So you jump in, but I don't. And you're like, Matt, what are you doing? Why are you not jumping? (laughs) I'm going upstream and I'm going to find out who's throwing people in the water. (laughs)
0: Right? It's a whole different paradigm. That's great. I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt, I liked it. I was the one who jumped in and you're the one who made the good choice, but that's all right. I might tell that story differently next time. (laughs) That's
1: right. Next time you'll have the opportunity to use you as a...
0: My my friend, Matt, but he jumps in because he wasn't thinking big picture. That's great. That's great. I love a good good metaphor. I love a good learning. I'm curious about one thing. I'm curious about probably 50 things, but here's the one I'm going to ask about. You take individuals that are very busy doing their job and it's the thing they do every day. They're doing their tasks. They're getting it. They're moving the product. They're connecting with the customers. You now ask them to just take a moment to think. What did you do as an organization to give them that little bit of extra space? Maybe you gave them permission and that was enough, but what did you do to give them time? Uh, I guess is maybe a question.
1: So we, uh, we first got um, by region, by a smaller group, uh, we went and explained to them, this is what we want to do. Um, we're trying to get you some time to do that, but we understand you're spending your day fighting fires and you don't have time to go upstream. You're spending your time jumping into the river and you're exhausted at the end of the day and you don't like, you're just surviving that day. Um, why don't you tell us which big problem or which big fire you're spending most of your time doing, we'll tackle this one first. And that's going to give you time now after that in your journey to try to take a step back. So we're basically saying, let's prioritize. We cannot fix all the problems at once. What's the number one issue that is taking a large amount of your time? And let's fix this one once and for all and and then create some space for you.
0: Did you find over multiple of offices that that answer was there was some consistency to those answers?
1: So some, to <laughs> some degree, a lot, be, yes, yeah. a lot, uh, absolutely, absolutely some consistency. But then what happened is we we were able to pick up, if you want, top 10 or top 15 yeah, yeah. from all the facilities. And then we went back and say, okay, we've got the top five, uh, we're going to tackle the first one today and, and we're not going to stop until we're done. And then we're going to go to the next one and so on. And the idea here is to create some momentum, re- reestablish some trust, and um, get the the whole team reengage into, oh, I could I see what it means to me now. Yeah. yeah, you're helping me. You're making my user experience better by helping me fix those problems, so that I don't have to fight this fire day after day after day.
0: And how long ago was this transition? Because it feels like it's not it's fairly recent. Like within it's the last- fairly recent. Okay. It's in the last six months. Okay. And how are we doing? I appreciate this real time. We're in we're in real uh, time real time analysis. Yeah. Uh, I
1: think I think I think it's it's progressing well. I think okay. what what you have now is a lot more than 10 people in the organization that are seeing what it means to transform. I think also we've reset expectations where it's not going to be, uh, um, you know, we buy a new operating system and all our problems are fixed. It really will start with
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, the people we all, first. We, we, we know that that's not true. <laughs> that's it.
1: It's right. going to start with us first. The people first, our, our thinking, our paradigms, when we see a problem, how do we think about fixing it? Do we just jump in the fire and fix it and, you know, jump in the river? Do we, do we just do that? Or do we just take a step back and then process, process, process. So it's really a lot more at this point, focusing on the culture, Focusing on the process, process mapping the entire organization, and 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 basically, uh, we call them value stream. We have we uh, we established six value stream in the organization. I have a, a business process process owner, so some ownership, and then you really are moving forward because at this point in time, you started measuring how you perform on the process, on following the process, and when the process is wrong or there's a bottleneck in the process or there's failure in the process then that becomes the next systemic issue we need to fix.
0: I really like the concept of process streams in correlation to what's actually driving value into our business. Right. I recently had a conversation with a coach of mine who you and I, I think share Ms. L'Oreal, and we had a mm-hmm. conversation about some things that are going well, but she's like, but how do you do that? Like, sure you do it, but what's the thinking? What's the mindset? What's sure? Maybe what are the activities? So I've, I've recently had a, a similar conversation with uh, someone I uh, I respect very highly who was pushing me around this exact conversation, strangely enough.
1: <laughs> well, there
0: you go. <laughs> it's probably because it's a good idea. Um mm-hmm did you find a couple things? Uh, did the things you were solving get smaller and simpler? And I don't want to simplify them because everything has a story of complexity, but I was in a, I was lucky enough to sit in a round table with large enterprise level companies talking about the things they automated. And the mo- I had a moment of like, the things they were sharing were so simple. But we audited like one of them, and this was a large multinational company. And the thing that they're, team was up there bragging about was how they just streamlined their um, reporting process, which saved this many hours for this salesperson and then. But fundamentally it was a very simple task, but it was measurable. They had direct impact on people. But from the outside, it almost seemed too simple for such a large organization. I was like, right. ah. And then they went around the table and they all had stories that were equally as, you know, very level one-to-one with their group of employees. It, it helped me readjust my expectations of big change and let's blow everything up versus no. Let's just fix one thing at a time that for the people that it's impacting is very positive, but in the scope of the organization, it's just one thing.
1: (laughs) I think it's key uh, Tyler here. Um, Okay. We're looking at this and there are big giant elephant, (laughs) uh, a huge project that you don't even know where to start, but you need to start. So where do you start? You start at the smallest level and you make a quick win and then you move on to the next one and so on. And this, this process mapping has helped us. The, the whole process, say, is a problem. Then you start at the, at, the, at the first step of the process and you fix that one. And then you mm-hmm. fix the other one. Oh, awesome. So at the end of the day, it's a thousand, a million small wins that adding up are really creating the traction that you need to really be transformational. When, when you step out of this and you're saying, what are we really trying to achieve? It's, it's continuous improvement on steroids, right? You use technology mm-hmm. to, to accelerate continuous improvement
0: with technologies that five years ago weren't even available so there's also this whole new suite of steroids if you will it's maybe a bad metaphor that's that all of a sudden there's things available to increase our performance that are are are, are good for us we'll take the steroid uh, metaphor off the table that just weren't also available a few years ago so the, the right. onslaught of technology has the perspective and you said it you said something just in passing that I think is valuable it's going to take us the full to 2025 to get here and that's okay versus sometimes I've seen leadership teams like we want this by the End of the year we want this by the end of the month and it's driving almost unrealistic short timelines versus that permission that you've given your team to sit back and go it's going to take us the full five years but we're on the journey like we're doing it and it's going to take what it takes how has that shifted even the pressure internally to give people a little bit of space to work
1: it has uh, we're not feeling necessarily under the gun we the window yeah. is still there and we still want to create a sense of urgency however i think it, it's sunk into me and others as we digest this that by the end of 2025 it's not like we we have the banner mission accomplished <laughs> and it's done right yeah. it's that by 2025 we want to accomplish the objectives and the targets we've set up in 2021 but there's going to be new targets going forward and this is not stopping at the end december 31st so it, it, that means that um, it's a, it's a it's a moving target. Uh, if you want, uh, going forward. And and we know we have to um, to adjust, and we know we can't stop. At this point in time, we just need to push forward, and that's what we're doing. Um, to your question earlier about the, the technology that wasn't even there a few years ago and so on, um, I don't know if you remember, but we, we when we started doing this and talking to everyone, we kind of jolt, jolted down of, you know, uh, Tyler, this is what they do, and this is how much their cost, and this is what they mm-hmm. don't do, and so on. Things move so fast that we had a yearly plan of what we wanted to do each year. And what we figured out is that the market is changing so fast that within months, um, something that you told me a couple of months ago was not even on our roadmap. Now you're launching the product and so on. So we had to change the way we are planning. So now we're more into agile planning. We're we're going in 13 weeks sprints. So basically we start a quarter. This is what we're going to do this quarter. We're delivering this on the quarter. We stop. Okay, wh- what did we deliver? Now, what do we want to uh, uh, deliver going forward? And what's and changed. S- and what's what's changed. changed and what's changed mm-hmm. in history. So it's constantly reassessing the marketplace, our performance, what our customer needs are. and uh, And that has helped us being a lot more flexible, but it's all about agile.
0: Hmm, I appreciate that. Yeah, the, the 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 lost the lost reality of a three to five year plan. It's just it's just it's not the world we live in. That's uh, right. Through this process, you mentioned early about long term customers that are, you're invested. You're invested in them. They're invested with you. How much have you been able to, or is it still early days, to bring some of the customers into the things that you're changing?
1: We are uh, we've started on this journey, and probably even earlier than that, uh, we call it we call them innovation summits. Hmm. So we bring five to six to seven customers outside of their comfort zone. We bring them in Silicon Valley and we go and talk to startups that are bringing technology that would fix our common problems. So we identify them, say we've got communication problem, or we've got data problem, we've got this, we haven't been able to figure it out. We're trying to find technology or processes that are going to help us fix that. And what, what it stems or or what it starts, or sparks, I should say is at that point in time, we're trying, both of us trying to fix the same problem, the issue that we have identified, and now we're starting working together. So we are now more and more doing pilots with our customers. So when Messy. somebody is Messy. bringing new technology, we're saying, fine, we'll do it with customer A, and and this is uh, how we're gonna pro- progress going forward. So it's really a way for us to uh, uh, get tighter with our customers, develop uh, value for our customers, and at the same time, progress forward in our our journey, bringing our customers along or our customers bringing us along.
0: Well, the opportunity to create that collaboration and enrich in the relationship that you have that's that right. might be 50 years old. Like that sounds like an yes. absolute winning formula. And if they're clearly partners that have already worked with you for 50 years, they're already the right clients. I, I use the word partners because they're clearly your partners after, <laughs> after that might long. I think so. You, you understand each other's businesses. Absolutely. And you rely on them as much as they rely on you. Mm-hmm. So circling back. So some of the learnings you said, start with the outcome in mind. Don't get, don't get caught with the shiny technology. You yeah. said interdependency and really understanding that that's going to impact you more than you maybe think about. And then I kind of, there were so many you shared, but I know you've got them organized in a way and I always want to give the audience a chance to like to, you know, market. What were other, some of the key learnings are kind of in the order? Cause you had a lot today, Matt, you threw in a lot of, a lot of great nuggets today.
1: Well, no amount of technology is going to fix bad processes. <laughs> That's probably the third learning there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so that at the end of the day, you need to start with the people side. So the, start with, the, start with the people. so, so if you want to change this, um, you need intentional change management, and it needs to be part. Your change management need to be in your culture. It needs to become a core competency of your culture to say, we are, um, we are. Our, our strategic advantage is that we are willing to change, and we are willing to uh, adopt new technology, and adopt new processes, and adopt new ways of doing things in order to provide a better experience for everyone.
0: You could start with that as an organization of having a core competency of adaptability, and be just simply to go back to our point about how quickly things are changing. Like that is becoming a core competency for almost every business. I would argue to a certain yeah. extent, or you run the risk of no longer being a business. Right.
1: That's right. That's so I I, I, uh, I I strongly believe that uh, change is our competitive advantage.
0: Hmm. That's powerful. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's change or, change or be changed by someone else that's right <laughs> Very and then much that's so. not
1: that's it and and you know if you don't like the change i'm bringing you're going to like a lot less the change somebody else is <laughs> bringing our company if we're not if we're not changing
0: Yes, we can. And this is where we pull up the Blockbuster slide, the Kodak slide. <laughs> you know, like In the presentation, we've all been in like, well, we all know what happens. That's or right. That, or that picture with all the um, pylon signs for Blockbuster in somebody's backyard all piled up or something. Like yeah. I, I, I've, I, we, there isn't a presentation on change management in the last five years I've been to that didn't bring that in at some point into the mix. Uh, Matt, one, thanks for coming on board the show today to really like, I really appreciate the transparency and the honesty of your journey because lots of times, sometimes leaders we like to we like to tidy it up and make it look like it all went according to plan, but that's just not reality. So I really right. appreciate your honesty today. You can only you can't fix the secret, right? As they joke, or you can't learn mm-hmm. when someone tells you no. When it's super easy for us, I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> and the tra- the transparency around that. Um, Any overarching, you've gave a lot of learnings today, any kind of broad, when you think about digital transformation, if someone's listening to this and they're they're probably already fooling around with it, but is there an overarching theme or even something that you as a leader that, you know, you really thought it was one way, but for yourself go, oh, you know what? If I would have thought about this, just even a little bit of a different framework, it would have set us off in a different path. Mm. Mm.
1: Well, Pleasure.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Matt, uh, what's the best way for people to get
1: hold of you? Well, you can reach me on LinkedIn, um, and, uh, you can uh, send me a note otherwise, uh, at m4, uh, at trimac.com.
0: Oh, amazing. Thanks for putting your email out there. Matt, it was an absolute pleasure. It was good getting to know you and I really appreciated your, your transparency today. It was fantastic.
1: It was a pleasure. Thanks for the invitation, Tyler.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.